I'm going to share some thoughts with you. I hope they help you. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, let's stand for the reading of the word today. We're going to do some things different. I have purpose in my life that I'm going to do some different things from here on out for the rest of my life, whether it's an hour from now or a uh, hundred years from now. We're going to stand and read the word today. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. We're going to go there and 32. It won't be a long reading. It goes like this, and he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Everybody say rest. All right? We got to have rest. You, are, you and I are spirit beings, right? Spirit creatures, but we're in a human body. And we actually, according to averages, I guess you're supposed to spend about one-third of your day, is that right? One-third asleep, resting. Some of us operate with more or less. But the Lord said, come and let's rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. So they didn't even have time to eat yet. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. I want you to notice how Mark said the day is far spent. We're at the end of the day. All right? So we need a rest, and we're at the end of the day. So I want to talk to you uh, about Luke now, chapter 9, verse 12. Look how Luke describes this instance. And when the day began to wear away. You ever been in days where it just wears away? There's days when it's good and it flies by. There's days when it seems like this day will never end. And Luke said that. He said, and when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals. For we are here in a desert place. So I want to talk to you about this. Vacations. Vacations. I've been on a vacation for a whole month. Vacations. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We just ask you, Lord, to help me that I can say the right words to touch everyone's spirit and encourage someone and help someone. Open our hearts of understanding now and let the good seed of the word fall into fallow, fertile ground. Let it take up root and bear fruit in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. And when the day began to wear away and when the day was far spent... There are multiple places in Scripture where it describes that Jesus needed to take a break. Ministry is hard. <laughs> now, it doesn't look hard, okay? It doesn't look hard to people who are not familiar with it. But if you work a job and your shift is over, then you go home and you're done, okay? But I'm on call 24 hours a day. I'm on call. You know, if I just go to bed and suddenly some, I get a phone call that so-and-so has been rushed to the hospital 
and they're flying into Springfield or St. Louis, guess what? If I can get in there, I'm going. Some of you I've spent late night hours with in hospitals. So I can't just leave my job. Ministry is difficult. It's not a physical, sometimes it's not a physical situation. The attic ministry Friday was a physical deal. And I'm still, it's still physical. Amen. It's still there. The quads are saying, oh, I said, Megan, what is this muscle right here? Those are your quads. I said, there they are. Yes, they're there. And if I would have known that they were wrapped up in clear plastic, I probably would have found them three hours earlier. It's all right. I sat at home one day, and I got home one night, and we were around the table, and Marcus and everybody was there, and so Marcus says, so Dad, what did you do today? Oh, boy, of all the days to ask. This was not a good day to ask, because it, it, it doesn't sound bad. I said, well, I, I met, I had a, a breakfast appointment, and then I had a lunch appointment, and then I sorted some siding. Siding, S-I-D-I-N-G, yes, siding. And now here I am. So for someone who's been out pouring concrete or building something, that doesn't sound like anything, but that was one of my days. Jesus ministered, and his ministry brought results. Listen, when a, a ministry brings results, people are, are going to go after that ministry that have needs. I just finished a book called God's Generals. It was a book written about 20 years ago or so, maybe. Yeah, about 20 years ago. And it was describing the ministries in the late 1800s, early 1900s, of a lot of the healing evangelists uh, of that time. There was, and uh, the early fathers of Pentecost, there was um, uh, William Seymour, who was at Pentecost. There was uh, Amy Simple McPherson. Some of you recognize these names. Catherine Coleman, Jack Coe, William Branham, Smith Wigglesworth. Now, how about that for a name, Smith Wigglesworth? But the, the book was about describing these ministries and how these ministries, John Lake, John G. Lake, when Jesus walked into a city and began to heal, if you need healing, you're headed to where the healing's taking place. Because at that time, modern medicine didn't exist. You know, we cover a lot of stuff now with modern medicine, but it didn't exist then. And so Jesus is overwhelmed by all of these crowds all the time, and his disciples are, and his disciples want to send him away. Jesus also realizes this, is you've got to have a break. Okay? You've got to have a break. And sometimes... Uh, the last couple of weeks I've been gone and, or whatever and I haven't preached and it's been refreshing to me. Oh, don't you like to preach, Pastor? Yes, I do like to preach, but also I can always pour out. I have to have people pour in as well. Anybody got a water pitcher at home? A milk jug. You got something right? Right? You just keep pouring it out and it just keeps happening. You know, you don't do, you, I didn't just buy a milk jug in 1989, and I'm still pouring out the same jug. 
you got to get more. The water pitcher runs empty, and you have to put more water in the water pitcher. You have to get refilled. So I have to get refilled at times. I enjoy, I enjoy listening to, to Johnny teach. I enjoy listening to Danny teach because I don't ever know what Danny's going to say. Ever. I enjoy listening to the ginger. I enjoy listening to the, the ministers here. I enjoy going to church and nobody know I'm a pastor and just sitting in church and going, huh. I don't have to do anything. I just have to show up. I like your jobs. I like your Holy Ghost job of just showing up. But everybody needs a vacation every now and then. Because, you know, uh, in life on this earth, we're subject to this world, this system. These, uh, there are sunny days, there are rainy days, and there are stormy days. Not every day is going to be good. Not every day is going to be sunny. Not every day is going to be rainy. Not every day is going to, you know, it's not always going to snow. It's not always going to stay six degrees which according to minus 63 degrees, 62 degrees, is a little warm at 6. We're going to have different days in our lives. You're going to have different situations that are going to come up. You're going to have this in John chapter 16, verse 33, in the Amplified. This is Jesus here, and he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Okay? In me, you're going to have perfect peace and confidence. I want you, to, brothers and sisters, to walk in confidence with the Lord. The Lord can do anything. Now, we believe that until we need something done, and we find that we have anything in our basket. I need this done, Lord. I need this healing. I need this financial miracle. I need this peace of mind. He said, in the world you have tribulation and trials, distress, frustration. Anybody had any of that? You ever been frustrated? Sometimes frustration comes because of our bad decisions. Sometimes frustration comes just because we showed up. Sometimes trials come our way that we didn't ask for. We were living fine. We were living holy. We were living godly. We were living walking in the Lord and in the promises of the Lord, and trouble just came. Sometimes trouble's just going to come. Sometimes trouble's just going to come your way and you didn't deserve trouble. Why? And this is one thing that the people in the world are hung up on whenever you're trying to talk to them about how good the Lord is and all of that business you want to say you know the Lord's good and he, it's wonderful living for the Lord and then they, they say so tell me something so why does the Lord let bad things happen have you heard that before to good people why does the Lord let bad things happen to good people well, number one, we are all in the system of this world. This world is broken. If a good person and a bad person both get in a car and they decide that they're going to drive down the road at 80 miles an hour and there's an oak tree down at the end of the road 
and they're both going to hit it. And the good person says, I'm a good person, so nothing bad can happen to me. They're going to be wrong because there is a law that takes over called physics. There is a law that takes over that says, what you reap, you sow. That if you, uh, uh, or what, yeah, what, what you sow, you reap. And that is, if I sow pressure to the pedal, I'm going to reap a high impact at a, 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 a high impact of speed here. Just because I'm living for the Lord doesn't mean the Lord is going to save me out of my ignorance. Why does good things happen, bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? There's another question. We're in a broken system. We're in a cursed world. So it rains on the just and the unjust. That's what the word says. So we all have frustrations, trials, distress, tribulation. But the Lord said, be of good cheer. Take courage, confidence, certain, undaunted. Undaunted confidence. We spend so much time trying to preserve this life. Everybody go like this. See how deep your fingers go in. No, not even. This life. We're not here for this life. There's a psalm that says, I'm living my life just to live again. Do, 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 do. And in this, I know that I shall win. You know I don't know all the lyrics. I just put, put them in there. But we're trying to preserve this life. We're all trying to look younger. Amen. We're all trying to look younger. We're trying. We lose our hair. We go get plugs. Or wear a baseball cap that has bright red lights on it so when you put it on there, it grows hair while you're watching the TV. I'm learning lots of stuff watching television. I mean, I've learned lots of stuff. You can get a baseball cap that has bright red lights on it that you put it on and it helps your hair grow back while you're watching TV or out in the garden. That won't be me. I'm not in the garden. I'm not garden ministry. That's for somebody else. Or, you know, I understand that this is really just insulin resistance. And if I just send in my 1995 times three payments, you know, I'll get the pills that'll fix it. But wait, there's more, right? If you do it now, you get the Ginsu knife. Yes. All right. We're trying to preserve this body. And every day this body is fading away. Paul said that this body, this temple is going to dissolve one day. And I'm getting ready for the next life. But people are so tied up with all of this. Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. There's going to, there's going to be people that are going to persecute you. Jesus said, you will be hated of all nations. Not because you speak in tongues. Not because you try to live a separated life. But because of my name. You'll be hated for my name. And so he said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, I have overcome everything that I have just told you you're going to face. So if he's overcame it, then he can help us overcome it. If he's overcame it, then he can help me be victorious in it. And you know, a lot of times, those guys that want to know why bad things happen to good people, pray that the Lord sends you to people that are hungry for his word.
You know, I have found that there are certain people that I don't even try to spend too much time telling them about the Lord because there's a spiritual haughtiness and a pride. I'm not mentioning any names. I'd rather have a whole busload of sinners, though, than one self-righteous Christian that thinks they know everything. Give me a whole, I'd, I'd rather sit and take a road trip with a whole busload of sinners because they know they're bad. They know they need help. They, they are looking for something. And what we're living in is no good anymore. We're living in the trials. We're living in the frustration. We're living in all that. Jesus said, I have deprived it, the world of power to harm you, and have conquered it for you. The, listen, there's nothing that can come against you that the Lord hasn't already deprogrammed and depowered. I don't think that's a word, but it's going to work. There's no battle coming against you, brothers and sisters, that the Lord didn't know has, was coming against you. There's nothing that takes him by surprise. Your diagnosis did not take him by surprise. Your losing your job didn't take him by surprise. The loss of a loved one did not take him by surprise. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus ain't scared. He ain't scared. He's not afraid. He's not scared. And let me say this. Some of you need to learn this statement, and some of you need to quote it every day until you get it down in your spirit. Hell is not in charge. Oh. I had to, I had to put the mic in the other hand because this elbow is hurting today. Amen. Amen. Falling apart. Hell's not in charge, though, because this body's going to dissolve and pass away. And inside of me is a spirit man that's going to live on forever and ever. That's the man i got to take care of. That's the man I have to nurture. The only thing this body does is this body holds my spirit on this earth. One of these days, I'm coming out of here. Amen. Woo, that's going to be good. He said, I have deprived the power to harm you. Don't get all caught up in this life. Don't get all caught up at this level. Don't get all caught up at this level and say, guess what? I, it's, I need a vacation. You need, anybody need a vacation in here? Where are you? Come on, if you need a vacation, how many of you need a vacation? All of you at the same time? We're going to have a vacation clipboard this year, all right? Not everybody can leave at one time. Everybody needs a vacation. You've got to rest. Don't feel guilty about taking a nap. Don't feel, listen, what, am I, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you you've got to take care of your body. I'm trying to tell you you've got to take care of your spirit, man. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to take care because you're going to have persecution. You're going to have trials. You're going to have temptations. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have all of this business, but the Lord has already taken all of the power out of it. He has already removed everything that can destroy you, but you have to learn to walk in Him. And we have to learn how to trust in Him. And we have to learn how to depend on Him. And, yes, come on, that's good. That's good. Look at your neighbor and say it's good. He's been gone for a while, but he's still got some of it. Amen. It's good. There's nothing coming against you that he didn't already know was coming against you. 
Nothing. Nothing. And he wants you to know that. Our visibility is decreased. Visibility is decreased. Now, when you go on vacations, there's different ways to go on vacations. First of all, there's the vacation that doesn't cost you any money, and it really isn't a vacation. But you're going to stay at home and clean the garage. It's a stinkication. Oh, it's a staycation. I think it's a stinkication if you're going to... Whenever she says we're going to clean out the basement, I say, oh, Lord Jesus. And then the next words out of her mouth, we need a dumpster here. I said, well, what size do you want? I said, a big one. We need a roll-off. And it may have to be <laughs> two or three times. Oh, we ain't going there today. Staycation. Staycations are no fun. Then we have vacations that you drive somewhere, right? It's relatively close, or maybe you're going a long way away, and you want to make a little driving vacation out of it. And by the time you get two hours into it, and all the 15 kids in the van want to know, are we there yet? You know, and then they have to stop. And then when you stop, you have to get a drink. And then when you get a drink, you fill up the tank that you just emptied. Therefore, in about another 45 minutes, people are going to be... Yes. So I used to be a driver for the ladies' conference trip up over the Chicago area, you know. And I, I, I prayed. I mean, I don't take nerve pills or anxiety medicine or anything like that. I just prayed. I said, God, you're going to have to help me because they want to they stop, okay. And then they, they got to get a coffee. When I was growing up, coffee was made out of coffee. But it's not anymore. It's made out of frappuccino, lat latticino, latte, frappes, trappes. We we used to, my mom and dad drank Maxwell House. Good to the last drop. Where are you Maxwell House fans? Anybody Maxwell House? I don't hardly ever see that. I mean, it's Folgers. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup, right? So they have to stop. So they got to stop, and they, as a medical term, Nathan probably was correcting me on this, they have to void themselves. Is that true? Is that what it is? Yes. Well, in the process of voiding, we resupply, restock. And what usually takes a four-hour trip to Chicago may take six to seven to eight hours. And I got to just remember, Lord, you know I prayed for patience today. And we're just going to keep on stopping and keep on stopping. But eventually you have to say, no more. You can void, but you cannot restock. Nobody's stopping again. You go to the bathroom, you turn around, and you come right back out. Amen. That's some other vacations. Then you have vacations that you have to go somewhere on a different way. You don't have a road trip. You don't have a staycation. You have, you're going to fly somewhere. 
or you're going to go on a cruise. Anybody ever been on a cruise? Yes, cruises are wonderful. You really can minister to your insulin resistance on a cruise because you got all these restaurants 24 hours a day. You can wake up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. I'm going to go up and get some pizza and some ice cream. But flying, let's talk about flying. You fly somewhere. And you fly, you can go long distances in short hours. You can go different time zones. You can, you can go to exotic places. You can, you, but, but one thing there is, is you have to deal with cloud cover. All right? You have to deal with cloud cover. And cloud cover not only affects your vacation, it affects your walk here on earth. Okay? It affects your walk here on earth. Number one, we're not always going to be able to see where we're going. For all of you control freaks out there, you're not always going to be able to be in control. All of us are not always going to be able to call the shots in our life and do exactly what we want to do. Sometimes life is going to come up on us and sack us. It's going to tackle us. It's going to overtake us. And we're going to find ourselves in a situation that we did not agree to. We did not bargain for we did not even know was possible to come our way. Let me give you an example. 32-year-old male in pretty good health, never been in the hospital ever. Takes no medication for anything. Notices his vision is weird. Long story short, that was me, 32 years old. By the time it was done, they're putting eight-inch needles in my back. Spinal tap. You ever had one of those? Hey, those are fun. Huh. And then while they're drilling you with that, they say, don't move. What happens if you have to sneeze? Don't move. And then they say, you have a disease. We can treat the symptoms, but there is no cure. I've never been in the hospital. They said, you have MS. I said, how do you spell that? Some of you got it. Then they give you all this material. Now watch, I'm going somewhere. They give you all this material to read. And then you start to read it. And the more you read it, the more depressed you get. And the more you read it, the more scared and afraid you become. Oh, yeah. But they want to make sure that you know everything about what you're going to face because they're in the medical profession and they're going to cover their uh, skin. Amen. Make sure that you know everything that could possibly be wrong with you. This guy right here, when he was about 20 years old, yeah, you, 22 years old, was going to go on a trip to Bulgaria with me. You remember that? You got sick. And your blood cells were elevated. Something like that. By the time they got done with him, in a week he had leukemia. Was that true? I mean, no, that's what they said. 
discouraging you, son. They say, we don't know. It could be leukemia. They're going to tell you the worst case scenario. All right? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. King James. New living. For we live by believing and not by seeing. I've got to say this, and please try to believe this, is you cannot believe everything you see. Somebody said to me a long time ago, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. Because there can be a crime, there can be an instance, something happened, and there can be eyewitnesses, and every eyewitness sees something different. While I'm in here preaching today, to I don't know how many there are in here, for the sake of the online and for evangelistically speaking and for fishing, there's thousands in here. All right. So let's say there's 50 or 60 people in here. Every sermon that I preach, every time these guys and ladies get up here and teach and preach, everybody has a different take on what I've said. And what I put together and what the Lord gave me is what I give out. But you take it, Frank, and put it in your situation. I may not have even thought about what you may be going through. I don't even know what you're going through, but you take it and apply the word to your life. So each one of us are taking what I'm giving you right now, and you're taking it and putting it in your situation. That is the beauty of the kingdom, is that's how God ministers to all of us. And so here you are, 32 years old, and he has MS. 20-some years old, and he's got a high blood count, can't go on a mission trip, and they say, you just never know, it could be leukemia or some blood disorder. I don't think it was leukemia, because you're still here. And that's almost 30 years ago. And you're growing, you're healthy now. At then you were, you broke 125, is that what you tell me? I'm taking this guy to play racquetball, and he was a wrestler in high school, and he looks over at me, and we're driving down the road, and he said, hey, I got good news. I said, what? And he said, I broke 125. I said, is that for your whole body? I said, I got that in one leg. <laughs> Things are going to come our way, and we're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. So they sent me home with this whole this packet of material to read. You remember that? And I went and I started reading, and I got about four pages into it. And you know what I said? I said, I can't read this. Because it was telling me all the bad stuff that was going to happen to me. So I politely folded it up, and I put it back in its, in its little pamphlet, its little deal, and I put it in the trash can. And I said, Jesus, you and I are walking in this together. And you know what? You're bigger than MS. And you're a, you're, you made this body, and you're able to fix this body. You're able, Lord, to recreate this body if you need to recreate it. You're able to make legs grow in the middle of a barber shop down there in Centralia, Illinois. You're able to make a broken bone under a, kid's, a, a 10-year-old kid's arm in Ghana, Africa, go like this and disappear as God healed him on the spot right there. Wasn't a big church service. It was before the church service, and we just said a simple prayer. You see, God doesn't need a lot of hoop 
empathy and a lot, of, a lot of fire and everything going because sometimes he just comes in a still, small voice. He may come to some of you in the middle of the night. He may come to some of you at your, uh, at your desk. He may, uh, I'm telling you this. God can do anything he wants to do. But I'm just saying, you're going to have to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Okay? I wanted you to go to 2 Kings 6, 6, 6.17. It says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Now, this is a prophet. Man of God, he's in a cottage. He's a boy, I don't know, he might have been on a little vacation. If you're in, from England, they call it holiday. You're on holiday. All right? Now you know why they call it the Holiday Inn. If nothing else, you have learned so much today about culture. All right? So they're on holiday. And he has a servant with him, and the servant goes out to get the newspaper. He wasn't on Twitter, not then. And he looks, and the whole place is surrounded by the enemy. Because this prophet, this Elisha, this prophet, the Lord showed him every time the enemy moved. And he told the king, you'll find the enemy down here by, you'll find the enemy out there west of the lake by Shafter. Two o'clock tomorrow. I'm trying to make it real. You don't, right? You don't know where Megiddo is, do you? No. You know, you know where Shafter is? Oh. She's heard of it. All right, all right. You know what I'm saying? And every place that the army would go, the man of God would re get revealed to him from the Lord where the enemy was going. And so when the enemy got there, here's Israel waiting on them. Come on. Here we are. They got so mad that they said, we got to get that prophet. We got to get that man of God. And so that morning, the servant goes out to get the morning paper, and the whole army of Assyria surrounded them. This guy doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a concealed carry. The prophet is not carrying. He's not packing any. He... The servant goes back in and says, Master, I'm telling you, the whole Assyrian army is out there. You ever feel like you're surrounded in your struggle? You ever feel like you're surrounded in your trial? You ever feel like the walls are closing in and the ceiling's smashing you? You ever feel like you pray and it bounces off the ceiling and comes back down and you just drown in your prayers? Come on, I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to myself now. You ever feel like you're fasting and just getting hungry? Yeah. You ever feel like God has left you? He's not answering you. He gave you a word. He, he, he said he was going to do this and this and this, and, and nothing has happened. And now you're going through all of this struggle and all this pain, and you wonder where that word is. Well, just remember this. He gave a word to a man named Abraham, and didn't, Abraham didn't hear anything else for 24 years from him. If we don't hear from the Lord in 15 minutes after he tells us something, we're ready to throw in the towel. Go line up at Ponderosa. Sorry, Kirsten. Yeah, go. Do it. She says, go do it. <laughs> I did hear that when Amy did preach, that everybody encountered lines at the restaurants. That's why I keep you long. Yeah. 
I'm actually doing this just like when your mom and dad beat you about half to death. I'm, I'm just doing this because I love you. And you're thinking, oh, my, what kind of sick love do these people have? So I'm keeping you away from the lines. You just feel like he hadn't heard from God in 24 years. He went through Lot. He went through Sodom and Gomorrah. He went through all kinds of things and didn't hear from God, but God gave him a word. You know what? God has given us a word. God has given us all of this, and you're just going to have to walk by faith and trust him. You're going to have to say, Lord, open his eyes. So he said, he said, go back out and look again. And when the guy went out and looked again, he said, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. So the whole army of the enemy that was surrounding the cottage of the prophet is now surrounded by the whole armies of God. Horses made out of fire. Chariots made out of fire. But you see, you have to be looking in the right spot. You have to have the right vision. And you cannot look at your circumstances because your circumstances don't always tell you the truth. Your situation doesn't always tell you the truth. Clouds block the sun from us. You can wake up in the morning, and even though it was really chilly out this morning, wasn't it quite chilly this morning? Even though it was quite chilly, it was kind of like white chilly out there today with the sun shining it didn't look near as bad as if it would have been overcast it didn't look near as bad as if it would have been partly cloudy because there's something about the sun that gives you some energy it gives you it helps those emotions it gives you vitamin d right gives you vitamin k right i don't know what else gives you a sunburn right right the sun brings nutrients to us. The sun makes things grow. The devil wants to make sure that your cl cloudy skies always stay there. The devil wants to make sure that your skies are always overcast. The devil wants to make sure that you cannot see a ray of hope. Now, we've had the opportunity to go uh, on vacation to probably one of the most beautiful places in the world lots of times. And uh, one trip that we went to Hawaii... It rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. It rained so bad that they shut down the international airport. There was so much rain. Now, if you're going to get stranded, you want to make sure that you're in a nice place, right? You don't want to get stranded in Cleveland. But you can get stranded in Hawaii. And we were all ready to get out, and we wanted to see some sights. We had some folks with We wanted to see some sights and show people around. And we were just praying for just let us see a little bit of sun. Can we just have a sunbeam? And finally, on about the fourth day, the sun finally came out. And we were actually at Pearl Harbor. We were standing on the... We were standing on the deck of the USS Missouri, and the sun was coming out, and you could feel the warmth 
of that son finally coming. And you could, you, there was hope that was in the air. You see, God is son, S-O-N. You see, God wants to give us light in our lives. But the devil wants to keep you away from God. He wants to keep you separated from God. He wants to keep you away from any situation that God would have to do it because then he can start speaking into your mind. He can start speaking into your spirit and saying, see, it really is as bad as that information you read said it was. It really is as bad that in five years or ten years you may not be walking. It really is bad that in twenty years you'll probably be dead. It really is bad. And listen, it's not bad. You know, you can say, well, you may not be walking, uh, but what about in 15 years you may not be talking well the problem is when you're a preacher you do a lot of talking so here I am a got a family at that time two kids and I'm listen when I heard when I heard this is how they told me that I had MS I walked into my bedroom and they had an answering machine you ever seen those I, they, you know, they all used to be with a cord and you hit the button. This light, light was flashing. And you hit the button, and you're going through them. And it said, "Yes, this is so and so. This is this, this is Monica from Doctor So and So's office, and we were just calling to t- tell you and confirm with you that you do have MS." That's how I found out. I was by myself. I didn't have anybody there. And I remember it's, we had it on a little stand that sat kind of low to the floor, and I, and I just hit the floor, and I was on my knees, and I just kind of put my, my head down on the floor. Just boom. Just trying to sort through it. And I remember that was April 16th. This was birthday. And we were having a birthday party that night. And you know I know how it is when you got people coming over and you don't want anybody to know yet. I know how it is when you got to put a smile on your face and inside you're falling apart. I know how it is. And I was on our sun porch and we had got him a little wagon, I think it was, and I had to put that little wagon together. And while I'm putting that little wagon together with tears flowing down my face, I probably never told you that before. I do cry at times. He gets a hold of me once in a while. The devil's saying, this wagon you're putting together for this three-year-old, you'll never see him graduate. That five-year-old, six-year-old you got in kindergarten, you'll never see him graduate. You're going to be gone. They're going to be alone. And you, here, here, now watch what he says. And you've walked with the Lord all these years. And you've served the Lord. Let's all stand. And you've served the Lord all these years. And now look at you. You've never been in a hospital. You don't take any medicine. And this is what you get. And I got the wagon together. 
I got my, I fixed my mascara, my foundation, my lipstick, right. I wiped my face off, and I went out, and here comes family. Man, I'm supposed to be preaching about vacation. And here comes family. And while everybody's laughing and hee-hawing and having a good time, I don't even remember when I told you. Did I call you right away? I don't even remember anymore. I'm, we're, we're here and we have family and we have everybody's, we're having a birthday party for three-year-old Mitchell. And I've got a, I've got a mask on. That's a whole nother sermon series in itself called Mask because we all wear them. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Everything's good and our whole world's falling apart behind the mask. But you see, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord knows what's behind the mask. The Lord knows our struggles. The Lord knows when we fall. He knows when we get up. And all of that business. And my attention that night at that birthday party, that three-year-old's birthday party was so diverted. Because while I'm wearing my mask, the devil is just screaming in my ears. Hope you enjoy this. Will you be... Will you be walking next year this time? That's what he said. Will you be walking next year this time? What are you going to do when you can't talk? That's how you've made your living. What are you going to do when you can't talk? You're not going to be able to work. You won't get any money. Your wife's going to have to work all of her life. She's going to have to work hard just to support you, push you around in a wheelchair. Hey, I'm telling you everything you told me. But you see, you've got to walk by faith, not by what you're seeing. Because the clouds will block the sun from you. The clouds will block the rays of hope from you. So what you have to do is you have to make sure of this. You keep walking with the Lord. You get the word in you. You live by faith, not by sight. Now, here you go. Write this down. Make sure you got it in your spirit. Make sure you don't hang around negative people. Because I'm going to tell you, all the crazy people start coming out. I'm sorry. That's the most politest way I could call them. The crazies start coming out. Well, Brother Tracy, you may, you may have this because you, do you have any bitterness in your heart? Do you have any unforgiveness in your heart? Because, you know, those things attract diseases. Diseases. 
I searched and I searched. It was just a bad thing that happened to a semi-good person. It just happened. But I'm not going to receive that you're telling me that I've got this disease because I got hidden sin. Because I know, I'm like Job, I, I know how I've walked before the Lord. So I threw the stuff away, and this is one thing that I made a commitment to. Lord, for as long as I live, I am going to make sure that this is not my MS. This is yours, Lord. And you handle it however you've got to handle it. But it's not mine anymore. And I got news for the devil. <laughs> I got news for the devil. I have been talking for the last 22, almost 23 years. And I'm still walking. And the only time I've been in a wheelchair is when I find an extra one somewhere in a hospital and I don't think anybody's looking and I kind of do some willies on it and try to see if I can do some spin arounds. What am I saying? Walk with the Lord and give it to Him. Don't let the clouds cover your visibility don't let don't no matter I'm not done with this sermon doesn't matter what's what's happening what's coming your way you walk with the Lord you the word says I am the God that heals all of your diseases the word says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them the word says he took his stripes on his back for our healing. Amen. The word says, you hear what I'm saying? Everything I said, the word, the word, the word, you got to live by what the word says. That is the manual that you need to read. That is the information you need to read. I'm telling you, I'm talking to somebody right now. You just keep putting the word in there and keep putting the word in there and say, Lord, I'm walking with you as long as you let me walk with you. And when I'm not walking with you anymore, Lord, then I'm going to be with you in glory. Amen. I'm talking about vacations. Don't let the clouds block your visibility. Because remember this. Up above the clouds, the sun is always shining. <laughs> Up above the clouds, the sun is always shining. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Listen to this song for just a second. You did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me to worship daily. Yes. So I'm Jehovah Jireh. 
create me to worry. Not gonna worry anymore. And you did not create me to fear. The word says, fear not. But you created me to worship daily. So I'm My hands are raised because I surrender. Your will is what's best for me. I worship you because you're Jehovah. Share a secret. I'm gonna trust. Yes. I'm gonna trust in you. That's what you gotta do. It's not it's not easy. It's not easy. The devil has thrown clouds in there. It's not easy. I'm not just talking about healing physically, I'm talking about situations in your life that you're praying about, and the answer's not come. It doesn't seem like there's a breakthrough. It doesn't seem like there's a move. It doesn't seem like there's any hope. Now let me say this. Let me say this. I had to learn how to be proactive. The first thing I had to learn was I couldn't fear. Okay? Whenever fear keeps coming at you, you're going to have to use the word. You're going to have to use the word and say, I'm not going to fear. Fear is of the enemy, and I'm not going to fear. Jesus said, fear not. Okay? The next thing was this. You know how you get twitches in your body? You know, anybody get those? Or am I the only one? Okay. So uh, after that diagnosis, every time I got a twitch in my body, every time something felt weird, I had to fight it. Okay? You got to fight it. I didn't just say, Jesus, it's yours, and I just kept on walking hunky-dory down the road, and it was okay. No, there were times when my body would do weird things, and I started saying, uh-uh, this ain't going to happen. And I started speaking, and I started saying, I take authority over these nerves. I take authority over these twitches. I take authority over this eyesight. I take authority in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to fight. you got to fight. Why? Because I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing that there's an army surrounding me, my enemy. But I'm also going to have to believe that God wants to give me that victory. So I'm going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight with your mouth. You're going to don't fight. You don't pick up your gun. You don't pick. We don't fight flesh and blood. But you're going to have to begin to speak the word, and you're going to have to take authority. Hallelujah! You're going to have to take authority by the word of God and speak into your body. The Bible says in Proverbs, "What death and life are in the power of the tongue." And there were days. Then when my family found out, we had a big snowstorm on New Year's Eve. I was out there shoveling snow, and I had sister-in-laws like, should he be doing that? You know, he's got MS. He should be. I'm like, my God, I got MS, but I ain't dead. 
You know what I did? Just kept shoveling snow in Jesus' name. I shovel this in Jesus' name. I walk in Jesus' name. I talk in Jesus' name. I preach in Jesus' name. I don't even have to use a wheelchair in Jesus' name. I don't have nervous twitches in Jesus' name. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And then there were times when the Lord said, Now I want you to begin to rebuke that spirit of infirmity that's come into your body and has come against you. And I'd start speaking it. I renounce the spirit of infirmity in this body in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I have a destiny to fulfill, and you have called me. What am I saying? What are you saying, Pastor? You can go on vacation, but on your vacation, I want you to start speaking to that thing. I want you to start speaking to that RA. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command those joints to loosen up right now in the name of Jesus. I command the stiffness in this body to leave now in the name of Jesus. Whoa, well, pastor, what happens if it don't happen the first time? Well, you just keep talking because talk is free. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. You're either going to talk sunny skies or you're going to talk cloudy skies. So, Bahoshanta Mahai. Whatever you're facing, you're facing a situation that you need loved ones in church with you. Start speaking to that situation. I speak to that situation over my spouse right now in the name of Jesus. I speak sunny skies over them in the name of the Lord. Let them feel your presence, God. Let them feel your power, God. Wake them up in the middle of the night, God. Speak to them when I don't even know you're talking to them. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about speaking. I'm talking about, Lord, let us see. Let us see, God, that when your spirit moves in, you know this word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma, and the word pneuma means wind or breath. Hallelujah. When the wind comes into an area, it blows out all the clouds. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that when you get the spirit moving, the wind moving, it's going to blow out all of the obstruction. It's going to blow out all of the stuff blocking your view. <laughs> you got to have the spirit working in your life. Come on, this is a graduate class today. It's time. We're not basic anymore. You're, you're a warrior now. It's time to fight. If you want to speak to a situation, come on up here again. Come on. If you got a situation you want to speak to, come on up. Sing it, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Anybody got something you want to talk to? Anybody got a situation you want to talk to? Hallelujah. It's up to you. It's up to you. Talk to it. Hallelujah. Now, when you get up here, I want you to start specifically talking to it. I want you to specifically talk sunny days. I want you to specifically talk good things. I want you to specifically talk what the Lord wants in your destiny. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hallelujah, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I bow before the King In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, you're going to bring my spouse in. God, you're going to bring my family in. You're going to bring my children in. God, you're going to heal my heart. God, you're going to put every organ in its place in my body where it should be. 
God, you're going to work out custody. God, you're going to work all of this kind of stuff out. But I got to talk it. I got to speak it. I got to control my atmosphere. I got to control my atmosphere because I'm going ready to go on vacation. My hands are raised because I surrender. Whoa. I worship you because you're Jehovah In the name of Jesus, I speak God. You provide. I speak Lord provision in the name of Jesus, Jehovah Jireh. I speak provision. I speak God. You know what I need. You know what my family needs. You know what my children need. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I speak it in the name of Jesus. La 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 lo ho shada hata la shata bahata. Hoya na moho sata bahaya. Haye de onda moho sata yalaba. Ili onda baha. Speaking it. Speaking it. Speaking it. Speaking it. Speaking it. Ili onde lo riada. Ili baso sata bahai. In the name of the Lord. You did not create me to worry. Oh. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and give thanks. Philippians 4, 6, New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. He knows your feelings. He knows our emotions. He knows our struggles. He knows. He knows. He knows.
Andala kando shanda la mahaya. Andamo hosana na mahaya. You did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. Oh yeah. But you created me to worship daily so I'm We give you thanks, Lord, for an obedient pastor that hears your word, hears your voice, and brings it to his sheep. Lord, today, there's a, there's a powerful rip current in this place, Lord. A deep undertow of your spirit moving through this place. Lord, as we get caught in that rip current, Lord, we, we're just going to let it take us out, Lord. We're not going to fight it. We're not going to try to try to get out of the rip current, Lord. But we're going to let that, that rip current just take us deeper and deeper and, and further and further out into your spirit, into that, that water that's being stirred today, Lord. We, Lord, we, we don't resist today. We're just going to ride the rip current, God, and, and let the rip current take us, God, to where you, where you want us to go, Lord. And we're not, we're not going to resist. We're not going to fight it. But, God, we're going we're gonna to ride it and we're going to enjoy it, God, as you begin to, to take us out into the deep waters, Lord, Lord. Oh, my God. God, we're, we're tired of wading in the shallow waters, God. We're ready for the, the deep waters, God. And we're going to ride that rip current today, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, today, God, God, in the meantime, in the meantime, God, it's that, it's that time before something happens. God, in the meantime, Lord, I, God, in the meantime, God, there, there's some people here, God, in the meantime, God, discouragement is coming in. Fear's creeping in. 
depressions creeping in into their meantime before something great happens into their life, God. God, as the, as the fog of war comes in and as the, as, as the creep comes in, God, and it tries to discourage us from the ultimate goal and the plan, God. God, as, as discouragement tries to come in and overwhelm us, God. God, as, as negativity comes in and tries to overwhelm us and begin to tell us that the things that we've been praying for is never going to happen, God. Those things, God, that the enemy is so cunning and tries to, to creep in and bring that fog of war in and tries to, to get our eyesight and our focus off of the main goal, which is the prize in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, today, Lord, in the meantime, in the meantime, God, all we can do is just stand, God. And that's what we're going to do. When times get rough and we don't know what's going to happen, God, when the time, God, when we seek in your voice and we don't hear anything, God, God, when things seem to be falling around us, God, falling apart around us and we don't understand it, God, we're just going to stand. Somebody just stand. Go ahead. Somebody just plant your feet and just say, I'm just going to stand because when I stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, when I stand on his word, that word will not be broken. That word will not be shaken. That rock is not going to be moved because today I'm standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. Go ahead, somebody say it. I'm standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm standing on the rock of Jesus Christ today. My, the whole, my God, family situations are going to be changed. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. We're standing on the promises of Jesus Christ. And when all that we can do is just stand and we say, Vengeance is the Lord's. Vengeance is the Lord's. Help us to take our hands off of the situation and just stand on your word and say, Vengeance is the Lord's and today Lord vengeance is yours you will protect us you will work everything out for our good when our feet is planted on the word of God on that rock that will not shift that mountain that will not move and God when we can't see you working just remind us that the eagles fly above the clouds. And Lord, we are eagles today. And we spread our wings. And let us begin to soar on the current of your spirits. And Lord, today, we thank you for your word. Let your word be in our hearts. Let us take the word out. Keep your hand upon us. Keep us safe through the days and through the weeks to come. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory, glory. Amen. So as we go from this place, as we go from this place, whatever your condition you're facing, if it's a physical condition, I want you to start doing this. I want you to start putting your hand 
wherever it's at, your physical condition, and I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. It's a perfect prayer. Okay? So if you have a shoulder injury, you put your hand on your shoulder, and you just speak in tongues, and just pray over it. Just rub it. Give it therapy in Jesus' name. Amen? It's simple. And you know what? Let the Lord do the work. It's up to him. Should he heal us? Amen? So why don't we just put him to the test? Let him do it. Whatever it is, pray in the Holy Ghost. We begin to pray a lot in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Vacations. We didn't get it all done today. So maybe you get to go on a vacation again next time. I don't know. I don't know. Hallelujah. One day at a time, one step at a time, God's got this. Amen. We're going to pray and be dismissed. All right. Over there where Brother Worley's at. You got, he's our he's our showman right now. Trying to, here's everything. Please take that food. Please take the food. Like I said, if you can't use it, you know somebody that does, take some to them. Because that's all extra. All right. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence in this house today. God, you were so good. You visited us so wonderful, Lord. We enjoyed your presence. Anybody enjoy the presence of the Lord? Anybody enjoy his presence? Lord, we enjoyed your presence. So, Lord, we just ask you to go with us right now as we leave the, this place in the household of faith and the assemblies of our brothers and sisters. Keep your hand on us. Keep everybody warm, God. Provide shelter for those that, that have need, and we just pray for the those who are needing something. Lord, help them to be able to find whatever they need. Lord, wherever they're at, we pray for them. We ask you, Lord, to lead us and guide us, we pray. Help us, Lord, to take what we've heard today and apply it to our lives. Let us walk by faith because we can't trust walking by sight. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. So we said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Jesus. Yes.